0: Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. My name is Simon Miller and you're watching my wrestling, 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 you're watching my wrestling show here or is it May the 28th, 2019, a week, a month uh, that may change the wrestling landscape forever. A bit of hyperbole to start the show off. Before we do begin, uh, please do support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash simon316. I still get people tweeting me at Simon Miller 316 saying, Simon, how do we support the podcast? You do it right there. There's a link in the description below. If you are watching on YouTube or again, just go to patreon.com forward slash Simon Miller 316 and you can support me there. There's loads of tiers. You can come on the podcast, you can get a t-shirt, you can get a postcard, you can get a personalized message. There's loads of stuff. Head on over, check it out. The support would be great. And of course, in my wrestling world, Big Cartel. Simon Buy yourself a Simon Miller Pro Wrestling T-shirt. And if you're in Newcastle this Saturday, why not come to the Defiant Loaded Tapings? Where, yes, I have my first ever championship match shot. Isn't that exciting? I am taking on Martin Kirby for the internet championship. And we're on the internet right now, which is pretty darn exciting. If you're in the Newcastle area, or and if you're not, why don't you drive down? All the information is Defiant Wrestling's webpage. Just search for that on Google, too. I'd love to see you there. And maybe I'll make history. Imagine I win a championship title. Just imagine all those people, all the naysayers. Anyway, let's not worry about them. Let's talk about some wrestling. Let's do it. Move my mic a little bit. Turn it up like this. That will do. Not in the right position at all today, this microphone. But who gives a damn? quite a few days right quite how there is so much to talk about starting with AEW and double or nothing moving into raw and everything in between but i know that it's john moxley that people want to want to talk about and i know this Because I've seen the numbers, and I've seen the stats, and I've seen the Google trends. Right now, John Moxley, the former Dean Ambrose, is arguably more popular than he ever has been after arriving at Double or Nothing at the end of the show. It's the last thing we saw as the pay-per-view went off-air. He attacked Chris Jericho. He attacked Kenny Omega. He attacked the referee. He doesn't give two craps. Uh, He's like a brand new renegade of justice. And he's also going to New Japan. Let's talk about Double or Nothing in general. Again, you can check out my ups and downs on what culture that's up now did really well. So thank you to everyone that did watch it. Uh, and again, of course, at two o'clock in 57 minutes, we'll up those downs for Raw. And boy, howdy, do I have a lot to uh, to say about that. I just realized I didn't mention this as well, but David Esther has uh, mentioned this. Hey, Simon, how do I donate to Super Chat? Should there be a button? Yes, there is a button. If you are watching this live on YouTube, that's how you can ask a question. There is like a dollar sign at the bottom of the live chat. Click that and if any money you put in the super chat, again, goes back into the podcast and I will 100% answer your question or just read out whatever it is you want to say. You can say whatever you want and I will read it out. Yes, double on. I thought the show was, I didn't think it was the best show ever. I get the hyperbole exists and people get really excited and it ended on a cliffhanger, right? It ended with a huge announcement and that's always going to help. It's like WrestleMania 31. WrestleMania 31 is an awesome show, but the fact that Seth Rollins cashed in at the end makes it even better because you have that, oh my gosh, moment and you kind of forget about any of the other things you may not have enjoyed. Now, I actually thought Double or Nothing was pretty solid from start to finish, but it was booked magnificently to allow you to go away on a high. And, you know, there, there were issues with it. Of course there were. Like, I, I don't want to not mention these because I know people said, well, you didn't mention this. Sure, the commentary was, they're getting th- th- three people we've never seen together before. They've got to get better chemistry. I'm sure they'll get there. There were production issues. Sometimes the camera uh, people miss shots that you'd expect them to get. Uh, There was something else I was going to mention. Some matches were probably too long too, but you have to take into account that it's their first proper pay-per-view. Like, you really do. So many people go, no, I don't. I paid my money and I expect this, but that's not how it works. These are people still trying to gain experience. And the really cool thing about All Elite Wrestling is they're being so transparent and honest with it you have to just put your hands up and say okay cool thank you for acknowledging that let's see how we go and look 6 months to a year down the line if it's still happening then yes it's something that we do need to address but you have to take things in the context they're presented to you know they're presented to us and that's why you know, you could even look at what WWE has done with the network. And this is something I realized over the weekend when I was paying money for a pay-per-view. I was like, how, good, how great value is a WWE network? That's something that we take for granted. And it's the same the other way around. Like nine ninety nine dollars for all that content, including pay-per-views. Yeah, it changed the industry. It changed the model that we're used to. And that's something that AEW now has to suffer with. But of course, they're not anywhere near where WWE is. WWE has been around for, what, 50, 60 years, if not longer. AEW has been around for a minute. It, you do have to take it all in, but no, I did think it was, uh, I did think it was good. I think, you know, the the things that I really enjoyed was just getting to see wrestlers that I'd never heard before. Like the women's six man, I, I, I knew some of the names, but I'd never really seen them work because I can't watch all the wrestling in the world. So I got a right kick out of that. It was great seeing someone like Kip Sabian, who I've known over here in the UK, get his due. Jimmy Havoc, lovely guy. Um, and also, you know, really good at what he does as well on a big stage. MJF will do well. Uh, you know the other thing with Kenny Omega is too. Kenny Omega is obviously a star. I mean, there's no, there's no two ways about it. But he, you know, most of his big matches have been in Japan for New Japan. So now getting to see him have these big matches in front of a of a Western crowd, not that it makes a difference, but it just makes it more comparable to WWE. And I don't think that that's who AEW is necessarily going after. I do think they want to offer an alternative. But it's still cool. It was cool to see him and Chris Jericho in Las Vegas in a show that production-wise, yeah, it did look a bit like WWE, it did, maybe that's another criticism we could have, they did their own things, but it wasn't, you didn't turn it on and go, wow, this looks completely different, so there was a lot of a lot of good, a lot of good to take away from it, I thought Cody versus Dustin was, you know, I'm, I'm not an old wrestling fan, but I'm an older wrestling fan, it reminded me of the AWA, sort of old-school Texas matches they used to do, which was the intent, it was obviously, you know, inspired by their dad, Dusty Rhodes, but And again, look, I'll be completely honest with you. If WWE had booked that match where two brothers busted each other open and used low blows and one of their wives got involved and afterwards they got together and said, should we be a tag team now? Everybody would have crapped over it. They would have done. I know what fans are like, but again, it all comes down to context and it all comes down to bias, if we're honest. And because WWE has lost some of that trust with us with their continuity issues, we're willing to jump down their throats, whereas right now AEW is brand new, so they have a lot of love. That's just the truth. That's the truth of it. That, that's how it works. I like I, I, you know, Chris Jericho right now. I think he's doing wonderful work over there as well. You know, he's completely playing it up as the heel. He's not mucking around at all. He didn't turn up for his Star Car, Star, uh, Starcast podcast because he didn't think like he'd been given his due. You know, say what you want about Chris Jericho, but he is a huge asset to that company. And I imagine a big reason why they're getting as much interest as they are because people know Chris Jericho. And it's why I think, you know, my prediction already six months down the line is that he will be the first AEW world champion. And that's the best way to do it. Again, he's a guy that everybody knows and he's a he's a heel and somebody like Kenny Omega can chase him and the money is always in the chase. The highlight, of course, though, was John Moxley slash Dean Ambrose turning up. Like it wasn't, while it was a surprise, I'm sure that many people assumed or at least hoped that he would arrive And I just thought it was great, you know, within the space of, we'll say a couple of hours, taking in all the the post-match promos and everything like that. He had absolutely, you know, eradicated that last run he had in WWE. Clearly far more passionate about this than anything he was doing there. You know, made no bones about it that he wants to change the industry. And, you know, I don't think he said he wanted to kill WWE, but he certainly sees this as a way to stop the monopoly that they've had for the last, you know, 10, 20 years. And it was just, it was just awesome. And you know, some people have said, "Oh, I don't like the little videos he's done," and that's cool. I get it. Like, you know, moving on, he's also been announced for New Japan. In that New Japan video, he had a blade in his hand, right, or a knife, whatever you want to call it. Oh, it's really cheesy. It's that's not the point, man. It's the point that he has the freedom. He has the freedom to do it, and you can't deny it hasn't got the wrestling world talking because it has. Everybody is talking about it. I'm talking about it right now. And yes, it finally puts to bed this idea that it's certainly not a work. And as I said on my Twitter again at Simon Three Sixteen. If you think that Dean Ambrose, if, if you still believe that WWE is, is doing this for a storyline, quite ironically, my word, have they gone all out with it. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Because that's quite the, that's quite the thing to do. The short version is it's not a work. Dean Ambrose has left. John Moxley is born. He's in AEW. He's also going to be working Juice Robinson in the, in the New Japan show in a week or so during the final of the Best of the Super Juniors, which will be great. Maybe he stays there for a while. Maybe he doesn't. But it, the point for me is there are absolutely criticisms you can aim at the whole thing, but it was still a hell of a lot of fun, and it was great to see the world reacting to something new. And I think that was my favorite thing about it: is that it, 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 I don't think it could have gone better, you know, had had it, they wanted it to. And I said on ups and downs, I wasn't, I would say, I wasn't a fan of it. But if somebody said Miller, you get to rewrite the show, would you rewrite out the bit when Cody Rhodes attacked the Triple H throne? Yeah, I would. I don't need that stuff. You know, unfortunately, that always leads to things on the internet saying, well, Simon, you're comparing WW and AEW. So if they're doing it, why can't, if you're doing it, why can't they? Well, that's kind of my job. like My kind of job as a, I don't even know what you would call my job, but from the ups and downs point of view, it's to review wrestling. So you have to take into account what one is doing compared to the other because they don't exist in bubbles, but that doesn't mean they can't exist in bubbles by each other. I don't mind the occasional shot. But I don't need anything that big, I guess, or that obvious. But look, loads of people loved it. That's just my personal taste. Doesn't mean it was wrong. That seems to be something that people misconstrue as well. If I say, "Yeah, it wasn't for me," oh, he thinks it's wrong. No, just could have done without it. The, the match to me was far more exciting than um, uh, than that kind of stuff. Shout out to Ibanai in the super chat who says Cody said they're aware. Um, Cody said they're aware. Fifty dollars is too much. Growing pains. H O H Simon. I don't know H O H means. But I'm going to pretend it's really good. Uh, yeah, he did say that. But also, I don't mind. I was, again, maybe I, I said that wrong. I don't mind AEW charging 50 bucks for a pay per view. I mean, over here in England, it's cheaper, but that's because we have certain rules in place. It's the same with boxing. But I've got no, if that's the going rate, charge $50. And if it, you know, look at the double or nothing buy rate. And sure, if it didn't work, you can change it. But if that's what good pay per views are worth, I ain't got no problem with charging $50. I just don't. It's just the truth. David Esterbrook in the super chat, you get the hand on the heart. That's what you all get. Just wanted to say your wrestling chat is great, but what's awesome is your positivity. Even a happy person like me feels better after listening. Thank you, David. Isn't that nice? And a small spoiler, I even found the good in last night's Raw, which we'll also chat about. I actually didn't think Raw was as, but it had some really ba- it's one of those things. Raw had some really bad moments, but there were still good moments as well. Uh, and I think there was always going to be somewhat of retaliation because people were on such a high after double or nothing. But no, it wasn't as bad as some people thought. That's very kind, though, David. Thank you. And Derek Isla, Alia. I always get your name wrong, dude. I'm so sorry. In the super chat, AEW is a great alternative for fans. I have faith that WWE does improve with this upcoming competition. After last night's RAW, I lost some faith, but still have faith. Love you, man. Kick ass on Saturday. Thank you, Derek. I appreciate that. I will. Uh, I agree with you. It's an alternative. Uh, And it's much like the way I like to describe it, as silly as this sounds. It's a lot like when people say they're going to replace their food for a protein supplement. I'm like, no, don't do that. Remember what it's called. It's a supplement. You're meant to be supplementing things with it. So you should still eat your food, but just get your extra protein using that. That's kind of how I see AEW. Like AEW, you don't have to stop watching WWE and just watch that. You can watch both and hopefully WWE will get their act together and both will be great. That's what I want. I want those. I want impact to be great. I want MLW to be great. I want. I'm thinking of it. progress. ICW. Whoever. I want them. All, I want great wrestling. I don't want bad wrestling. I want there to be more places for wrestlers to work. I want there to be more places for fans to enjoy. And you can just go out there and pick one that that is your favorite. But I loved all the John Moxley stuff. I think sort of capitalising on it in that twenty-four hour period was the best thing to do because he had momentum, he had the internet's attention, and he's gonna—he's got some indie dates booked up. He's got a match against Pentagon in August, I think it is, or something like that. He's obviously gonna be working Juice Robinson in New Japan. Maybe that leads to match with a Naito. Who knows? And yeah, you know, he'll—he'll he'll be working the Fighter Fest, which is AEW's next big event. And like I said, it's more about his attitude than really anything that he did. He feels fired up. He looks fired up. Sounds happier if that's a thing that you could uh, you could take from it. Uh, Jay Rio in the super chat on this note says if WWE uh, if WWE indeed thought Dean was retiring, as rumored. Do you think there will be any backlash on René Young? Not in a million years. And if they do that, they're, they're mad. They're crazy because they're in a PR war now, if nothing else, where what AEW has that WWE doesn't have is goodwill. Everyone has goodwill towards AEW because they feel like they've been very open and honest with their fans WWE has run that down a little bit with things like Saudi Arabia and you know certain booking things that they've done. So they need to win that back. Renna Young is not responsible for Dean Ambrose's actions or John Moxley's actions and vice versa. And if WWE punishes her for that, it makes them look awful. Now, that's not fair. You, you're not your spouse, and your spouse isn't you. You, you. You're two separate people. And look, if Chris Jericho uh Chris Jericho, if John Moxley pulled a Brian Pillman, all right. Well, that's on. I don't think that's the case. The more I've thought about it, I think that WWE were more of a, more than aware he was going to go there. And they thought, well, if he's already made his mind up, the best way to try and to convince him to stay is not to rag on him too much. It's to try and win him back with love. And that's smart. You know, if they had just continued to done stupid things like fake injections in the ass. And he's definitely going to go. Whereas giving him a platform to say goodbye, maybe he'll get a bit sentimental. It didn't work. I don't. I don't think. I, I just don't think he would have. He would have done that. There's no need for Dean Ambrose slash John Moxley to burn that bridge. He was out the door anyway, regardless what they thought. And now it's on. Now it's on. Now now we see what happens. That's my favorite thing. I, I need uh, the more the, the more the merrier. Like I say, and I love what John Moxley did. Okay, I love that Cody. I think the Cody Dustin thing was the best thing of the night. Too much blood, but in a way that worked because again, it's something new. We don't see blood in WWE these days. As dark as that sounds. But that's what, we need an alternative. And if AEW is going to be the more adult version, it will certainly work. Because right now, the mainstream audience doesn't exist. The only audience we have is the, is the hardcores, like us. And we're desperate for anything new. So if AEW offers that, we're already in. And if they can then expand and win the mainstream audience back, great. WWE needs to win the mainstream audience back as well. You know, if you look at their falling ratings, it's the mainstream people they've lost. Laps fans. It's a quest for laps fans, but we'll start with the more casual ones. Jeffrey Pridemore in the super chat. I'm just stoked about the anticipation. I like you already, Jeffrey. AEW isn't unseating WWE as number one yet, but they definitely gave them a six-month warning to step it up. I love it. Exactly. I keep saying this and people go, oh, what are you talking about? Even if AEW is out of business by 2020, and I hope that doesn't happen, but even if it is, right now we can be excited. It's okay to be excited. It's okay to hope that it does well. And if it doesn't, all right, you still had a good time. I was talking about this the other day. The only person in your life that has to enjoy wrestling is you. That's it. If you like the Revival shaving their backs, don't worry about the internet and all the nonsense that they say. You enjoy it for you. Just maybe don't say anything on on a platform because you'll get roasted for it because fans can be crazy. But that's all you need to do. You just need to enjoy wrestling for you. No one else matters. It's really, really, really true. And that's why I'll, I'll, segue into, uh, I'll segue into Raw in a minute, because I've seen loads of comments already saying Raw was crap, Raw was crap. Yeah, but not all of it was. Uh, Mauma, Mal, what a great name, Moama Blazovic, You were on last week, two or two weeks ago. Dude, what a name. Uh, I just want to wish you luck on Saturday. Love the show. Thank you, man. I'm excited about Saturday. I'll talk about that when we do the transition. I'll talk about my wrestling stuff. Right, Raw last night. Was the first hour absolutely terrible? Yes, it was. Uh, Again, when you watch ups and downs later, you will see that there's a couple of downs already in that segment. I didn't understand the Dolph Ziggler, Kofi Kingston thing at all. I don't understand why it went on for as long as it did. And, you know, to to, to come off... Because usually WWE opens with a speaking segment and then we have a match. But for this reason, we went speaking segment, speaking segment. And it was just strange, especially because, you know, your big angle on the second half of the opening, if that makes any sense, was two SmackDown guys. So like, what are we doing? Like, why, why do we need to do this? It was saved for me because I love new party boy Brock Lesnar. You know, Beat Brock, as I'm calling him, or everyone is calling him. I absolutely love it. It's clearly something that he did last week for fun that they've capitalized on. But surprise, surprise, that's what WWE doesn't do as much of nowadays. Now they have, and I, I, mean, I, I think it's awesome. Like Brock Lesnar seems to be having more fun than he ever done in his life. Paul Heyman was buying into it as well. When they were rocking out to Seth Rollins' theme tune, I was genuinely laughing and I felt good. I felt good. I was entertained. And even the bit when Seth Rollins just walked off because he was sick of it and Brock went, all right, I'll walk off too. I loved it. I loved it. And I would have loved it more, again, if it hadn't have then segued into Dolph Ziggler and Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston beating each other up for 30 minutes and then Dolph Ziggler coming back out to do a promo. Again, we talk about it on ups and downs more, but the promo was basically it should have been me, it will be me, it should have been me, it will be me. What are we doing? What are we doing? And then, yeah, the absolute the, the end of the troll was Shane McMahon being in a match with Lance Hawaii, and it was dull, and it was so dull, the fans started chanting boring and awful and what, obviously, what's never gonna go away. Damn you, stone cold Steve Austin. And it was it, it, it was a long, drawn out. I think what WWE tried to do was this. WWE probably, this probably was their retaliation to AEW. And they were like, I tell you what we're good at. We're good at brawls. We're good at angles. We're good at storylines. And they are. Maybe not necessarily at the moment, but they are. They have proven themselves over the years that they can, when they, when they want to do it, they can do it. But they just missed the mark. And then going into Shane McMahon versus Lance Anawaii is just not the best way to do it. Because it wasn't a real match. And that's why it pissed the fans off. I imagine there were plenty of fans in the arena that night that thought, I can't wait to see what WWE is going to do. And admittedly, that's our expectation. WWE is under no obligation to do anything about All Elite Wrestling. They can ignore them for all they want. But we hope. And when that wasn't really realized, you're also allowed to react to that as well. You've paid your money. uh, And, you know, you you can go from there. And yet, all the... Spoiler, right? All the things with the Usos, the, the, the Memorial Day party, I didn't give any of it ups... Or any of it downs. Because it was just there. It was harmless. None, none lasted longer than two minutes. I mean, it was a bit dumb that the Revival versus The Usos has now turned into a game of cornhole. But it's the same thing where they were setting their dicks on fire. Do you know what I mean? I can't, you can't all of a go, Oh, what a terrible feud. Well, it's been a terrible feud since day one. So I just push it to one side. I'm like, meh, I'm not going to worry about it. I love the main event of Seth Rollins versus Sami Zayn. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I got it right here. Seth Rollins versus Sami Zayn. I just did. I just thought it was a really long, well-worked match. I loved all the stuff with the knee injury. Um, I'm not going to lie. I tried to watch it a bit more from a. This makes me sound like an asshole. I don't mean it like this. But I tried to watch it to try and learn stuff from it to bring into my own wrestling game about how they sell and how they transition into moves. And that just, they're so good at it. I, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. A quick shout out to Frequently Fly in the super chat. And this ties in. Do you think Sammy went into business for himself or do you think the AEW reference was a regrettable part of the script? No, it was definitely scripted. You would have noticed earlier in the show when uh, when Brock Lesnar called someone a beatbox bitch, it got muted because they were on a slight delay. So if Sammy Zayn had said that without, um, without clearance, it would have been, not only would it have been muted, he would have been suspended already. It was absolutely greenlit it was probably WWE's way of firing a shot back In all, I think they did it to shrug their shoulders and go we're not scared of you you're nothing we'll mention your show on our show and you can't even touch us again I would have done without it I don't need references on either show not that obvious little digs here and there that we can laugh about is fine but no I, I don't think I think Sami Zayn wouldn't do that what's the point we wouldn't, if, even if he did it because he wanted to get out of his contract he wouldn't he'd get suspended they'd find a way to elongate his contract with that rule he's got so no it was, it was, uh, we'll talk about the electric chair thing in a minute, uh, which was very weird. Uh, hang on, I need to find my super chats because YouTube's gone nuts. Sean, gear I always get your last name right. you got time to say your last name, Sean, in the super chat. How does a 50-year-old man put on a show like that? That was by far the most impressive part of the AEW show. Much respect to Dustin because he's experienced and he was probably better than we ever gave him credit for because the Goldust character kind of overshadowed everything else. I mean, in the late 90s, early 2000s, he was coming out with S&M gear and with a chain around his neck and an apple in his mouth. What was it called? The artist formerly known as Goldust. It was like Cap- Afka or something like that. And that's why I think he's always been better than we realized. But again, we didn't realize. And the reason we didn't is because we were too focused on Goldust. But he did. He smashed it. He called it the best night of his wrestling career. I think it has established him, like I say, as 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 a damn hero and a damn wrestling legend. It was awesome. And Cody Rhodes is just as much a part of that as is their brotherhood. And Dusty Rhodes, it all ties in um fair play to dustin uh ronalds Rhodes, whatever you want to call him ibanai super chat mox may have claimed retirement rest so his wwe contract wouldn't get extended like other disgruntled wwe stars hand on heart oh that's what it means i like it of course hand on heart i, I mean look you could be right absolutely who's we're never gonna know i would just bet that he didn't do that i just don't see the why burn your bridge there's no need to burn your bridge. Like You'll still be able to get out and make a splash. As far as I know, that, that, I don't know. I don't, but you're right, he could have done. It will come out eventually because somehow in 2019 everything does. Derek Ayala in the super chat. One major fix WWE needs is to stop these commercials during segments. You will never see the NFL, MLB, NBA, or NHL go to break during gameplay. WWE needs to fix that. By the way, last name pronounced Ayala. Ayala, of course it is. Derek Ayala. Thanks, man. You're right. I don't, look, I don't mind them going to commercial, but what I would like them to do, like in the Ricochet Cesaro match, when we came, and that was a great match, talking about Raw not being all bad, Ricochet Cesaro was awesome. I hate the fact it only existed so Ricochet could get his win back 50-50 booking gets very tiring after a while, but what an amazing contest. You can't say that's the worst Raw ever when we had that, with that incredible finish and that uppercut. It was wonderful. I loved it, but I don't mind them going to commercial, but when we came back from that, we left with Ricochet in control and we came back and Cesaro had taken over. But at no point do we see a replay as to what had happened. I understand that commercials run the show in many ways because they make money from it. That's why Raw went to three hours. But you've got to fill me in on the stuff that I missed halfway through because if you don't care, how am I meant to care? But you are right. I think when they go to Fox, they'll probably have to change that because they want to be a more sports-orientated product. Excuse me. Raw can probably get away with it. I don't think SmackDown can, if that's the consensus. But um, that's something that AEW could run into as well. I doubt that WWE has much control over that. That's USA saying, we've got to put 16 adverts in, you decide when they go. And they do their best with it. You're not wrong, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, But I think there's other things that maybe they need to, to focus on before that, potentially. Lame Brain in the super chat. Hand on heart. Debut idea for Bray Wyatt. Another great point. Bray Wyatt, right? Firefly Flyne has another awesome segment. Sure, he needs to turn up and be a wrestler soon. But even with all that, difficult for me to call it the worst forever ever. when I really enjoyed another creepy segment with Bray Wyatt being awesome at this character in these skits. Uh, debut idea for Bray Wyatt. Our truth is hiding backstage, runs into Rambling Rabbit, who points him in a place to hide, followed by Mercy and Abby. It leads to Truth being lured into the dark by Bray. The only problem with that is if you um, team him up with or put him in a program or even a segment with someone like R-Truth, you'll tell a, 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 a portion of the audience that he's a gimmick character or he's a funny character. And I don't think we need to do that with Bray. I think we need to treat Bray like Chris Jericho in 1999. Put him in there with somebody big. I don't really necessarily want to see Roman Reigns versus Bray Wyatt again, but at least I know... Well, look, if you're going to put him to win, I do. But if you do put him in there with somebody like that, you're telling the audience this is a main event guy. This is a main, this is a top guy and you should treat him like that. So he should be going after Seth. He should be going after Roman Reigns. Randy Orton would do. Uh Not even someone like Drew McIntyre because they haven't established Drew McIntyre. I wanted to take out someone big. I think that's really important for this Bray Wyatt thing. We're still money here, but we're, we're not out of the woods yet. Uh Jeffrey Pridemore says, also much love to you and your girlfriend. That's very nice, Jeffrey. Um, that's a reference to something I've been going through recently. Patreons know that's very nice, Jeffrey. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Things are going okay, one step at a time. So yeah, so there were elements of Raw that I enjoyed. We've just kind of you know skipped over them there a little bit. But that doesn't mean that it was a <laughs> it was a fantastic show. Like the I mean the, the Becky Lynch Nikki Cross Iconics match, which was bizarre because why the hell are they teaming to begin with, and why on earth um, are are the Iconics losing when they're the champions? I was fine with it. A lot of people thought this is a rubbish match. Yeah, maybe it was. But you know what? I'm at the point now where I haven't had a match for the entirety of Raw. I just want a match. And I don't necessarily like crapping all over wrestlers. I think it's a bit much sometimes. So I, was, I, I thought that was okay. It's not the best thing i would ever seen. Uh, they, well, I can't even remember what else happened. <laughs> of course, it was the number one contender match. See, the number one contender match, much like the Brock Lesnar thing, kind of ties into the context that it had been presented into me already. The plans have changed. I don't think there's any, there's two ways about that. It was meant to be Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins at Super Showdown in Saudi Arabia. They gave him Money in the Bank. Somebody rightfully went, well, no, we don't want to, we don't want to ruin um, the Money in the Bank briefcase. So they switched that around, which meant on Raw, in Elimination Chamber match, Elimination Chamber match, an Elimination match, Baron Corbin won. I don't want Baron Corbin and Seth Rollins in a world title program, but given that it was meant to be an elongated one, and now they've changed it to the Saudi Arabia show, meaning we get a one and done, I'm okay with it. The match itself was fine, I thought. Uh, I liked the fact that Brock Lesnar, uh, that Braun Strowman got to get, like an old man today, uh, that Braun Strowman managed to get loads of offense in, you know, big slams. We seem to have forgotten that Braun Strowman is meant to be the monster among men. So we were able to build that back up. And... It was really just the, the, the way the match finished that was ridiculous and a lot like WCW. It was an elimination match. And I went on Twitter to check this at 100% that they probably wiped this before anybody else sees it. It 100% that the WWE, on WWE's Twitter, it's a fatal four-way elimination match. Elimination means three falls, right? To get down to the one person. And then as soon as Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley have fought their way through the crowd, Miz gets hits by the end of days and Baron Corbin wins after one pin. What happened to those two? You can argue they got counted out, but that was never announced. No ref ever counted them out. Can you even have a count-out elimination match? You probably can, but I don't know. That kind of stuff is bad because you, can't, you, 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 have to have, you have to introduce a set of rules into your universe, and then you have to stick quite rigidly to those rules so I know what's going on. Because if I don't know what's going on, how can a casual fan or someone know what's going on? It's impossible. So that kind of stuff does wind me up. And it makes me a massive wrestling nerd, but I am a massive wrestling nerd. I don't think that's a problem. Oh you Mark as people say. Yes. Of course I'm a Mark. I'm sat here right now in front of a green screen with my name in the Ultimate Warrior logo talking about wrestling. Of course I'm a wrestling Mark. And that's why I want wrestling. To... I don't know why that's such a disparaging term. Oh you like wrestling loads. Yes. I do. <laughs> I've made it my life and I'm perfectly happy with that. But you have to yeah, you have to make sure that lives itself out on the on TV as well. Otherwise, you can't buy into anything they're selling you. And that, that is a real problem. We should talk about the electric chair segment as well. I mean, the headlines, if you haven't seen Raw, is that they now have a... Corey Graves now has an electric chair segment where people have to sit in the chair, answer questions from the WWE universe, and tell the truth. Now, why they have to tell the truth, I don't know. They're not on, like, any kind of serum. They're not hooked up to a lie detector, so they can still lie... A lot of people said they thought this died a death. I didn't because I think Sami Zayn is so good. But as I say on ups and downs, little spoiler again, if anybody else gets put in this situation, I'm scared. Kevin Owens could do it. Sami Zayn could do it. Samoa Joe could do it. There'll be some other names I can't think of right now. But outside of that, I, quite like, I liked it when the little girl asked about the mits- Match Challenge stuff with Becky Lynch. And uh, <laughs> when Sami Zayn misunderstood the question, she went, duh. I thought the crowd reacted really nicely. I thought Sami Zayn's facial expressions were hilarious. I thought it was fine. It wasn't great, and I could have done without it. But a lot of people were crapping all over that. I'm like, nah, I don't think so. There was a lot worse on this show. And Sami Zayn makes anything good. He just does. He just does. Um, and then obviously that trans that's when he said AEW too. He said, you could ask me whatever you want. You could ask me about AEW. I enjoyed his facial expression there because he was like, <laughs> Which made me chuckle. And then we had the match with Seth Rollins. I really like the Seth Rollins match. I understand that there wasn't even a tease with Brock Lesnar cashing in, but I never assumed that was going to happen anyway. So maybe that's maybe that's more on me. I don't know. I thought I didn't think it was a great Raw. I thought it was, a, it was okay. It had moments that I thought were that I thought were fine. I kind of resigned myself that the next week or so is going to be difficult anyway, because we're building up to the Saudi Arabia show. And I hate those Saudi Arabia shows. Even when you take the moral Pff, uh, argument, no, that was not even an argument, but the morality out of it, it's still a show that means nothing. You build up to it and then poof, it's gone. You're like, okay, I'm glad we spent weeks on that. Laniana in the super chat, Vince needs to stop thinking the audience is so stupid that we won't notice that they keep changing the rules of the matches. Yeah, I don't, excuse me, I don't know what that was. I really don't. You can't just don't call it an elimination match, just call it a fatal four way or whatever the hell a four way is called when there's only one pin. It's not hard. I don't, know. I don't know why they didn't do it. That stuff does add up. It, you know, the ratings aren't down now because of everything that's happened over the last six months. It's everything that's happened over the last six years. It wears people down. That's, you know, if you advertise someone, and they don't show up. If you, you say a match is going to go down, but it doesn't happen, it does wear people down. That was WCW's biggest thing. Is they, it's from the house show point of view. They were promised superstars like Goldberg, Sting, Kevin Nash. And those guys didn't turn up. So you know what happened next time they were in town? People didn't go to the show. Because like, oh, I don't trust you anymore. Trust is really important when it comes to entertainment. It really is. Uh, Stephen Taylor in the super chat. Always appreciate it. If you could wrestle anyone now, who would it be? Well, I mean, if you mean right now, as in at 1.34 p.m. BST on the 28th of May, it would probably be John Moxley. Because <laughs> if I wrestle John Moxley now, my stock is going to go right through the roof because he's the hottest thing in pro wrestling right now. He just is. He just is. you go got to look at any kind of YouTube video or wrestling news site. They all want to talk about John Moxley, everyone. And it works for him as well, because now I think he can shake off this Dean Ambrose thing entirely. But yeah, I'd wrestle John Moxley in a more general term. I think, yeah, you know, Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho. Yeah, you know, Roman Reigns, absolutely. You know, Seth Rollins, Brock Lesnar. Of course you want to wrestle. You want to wrestle those guys that are, are, are the top. I, mean, I don't think it's ever going to happen. But, you know, does it need to happen? Not necessarily. I'm just enjoying it week by week. Let's talk about that now as we've got here. Yeah, so I had, um, I wrestled Bad Bones John Klinger at Defiance No Regret Show on Saturday. It was, it's the, my, my, the whole night was my favourite night so far as a professional wrestler. Shout out to all those people that tweet me every day going, you're a shit professional wrestler. I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> it was awesome. I had that match, uh, managed to get the roll up win out of nowhere. Classic you know how it works. And then I was also in the Raw Rumble later on too, or the Rumble, I should say, later on. So I pulled double duty, as they say. And it was just, again, I'm still a work in progress. I realise this. I'm very, very green. I need a lot of experience, but I feel like I'm getting there. I feel like I held my own as much as I can at this point. And again, I feel like I got the experience. So much, I learned so much from it. And that's all I, that's all I need to know. Uh, starting to feel more comfortable in my shorts there's a whole vlog about that. If you don't know, again, if you if you're not listening to this on my YouTube channel, not watching on my YouTube channel, one, please do stop by every Tuesday at 1 p.m. BST. Sometimes Wednesday as well. Keep an eye. If you subscribe, you'll get a notification. And uh, we did a whole vlog about that. But yeah, I can start to see why the shorts make more sense. You do. I feel more like a wrestler in them, uh, as hard as it is for me from a from a mental point of view. And again, so much to do, but a great night all round, which then builds into the loaded tapings this Saturday. Um, yeah, where well, I'm going after the Internet Championship. I don't know what's going to happen, genuinely. You're going to have to make sure you tune in on YouTube or come down to Newcastle. I'd love to see as many people there as possible. I think it's going to be a fun night all around. I'm pretty I'm pretty excited. And if you're up, not in the sort of northeast, uh, I do have loads of shows down here this way too. I've got some in London coming up in August. I've got some down in Southampton. I've got some um, literally where I live here in Berkshire. Uh, I've got some other ones as well. Just go. It's all on my Twitter, at 316 All my dates go up there. And uh, when I actually have... And them all written down. I'll let you know. But please come and see me. It'll be great to, to to get some support. And let's face it as well. It makes me look awesome. It makes me look like I'm a draw. And that's all wrestling's about. That's not a joke otherwise. Shout out to Nelson CEP in the super chat. Won't a John Moxley versus Jimmy Havoc match be great? Yes, it will. And given that we, the amount of blood we saw from Dustin Rhodes, I don't think we have to worry. I don't think it's going to be a death match like you can see on YouTube or in some like backyard wrestling promotions, but I absolutely think they can get away with it to the way that some people would. If anything, it'll be better because it will be happening in an environment that's obviously safe and monitored and has, has all those checks I think you're going to get it and that's another thing I don't want to you know rave too much about AEW too much because people think I hate WWE I don't I love both but you know AEW is giving us loads of cool matches again Chris Jericho versus Hangman Page I've never seen that John Moxley versus Kenny Omega I've never seen that we've got Cody versus Darby Allen at their next event I've never seen that we're doing the Bucks versus Cody and Dustin have a guess what I've never seen that and you, if you don't know these characters, you have to get used to them. But you're allowed to do that. You're allowed to watch these characters. You're allowed to watch AEW and go, you know what, this isn't for me. That's okay. There's this thing now where if you didn't like AEW, you're a terrible wrestling fan. No, you're not. You're absolutely not. If it's not for you, it's not for you. If you love Raw and you love WWE's presentation, more power to you. Don't let the naysayers and the negativity get you down. Um, why anybody would ever care what you think in that sense is, says more about them than it does uh, than it does for you. Lenana in the super chat. Who would you want to face as a wrestler? Sorry, hand on heart. Who would you want to face as a wrestler that is currently on the AEW roster, other than Mox you just mentioned? Do you know what? If it wasn't one of the more obvious ones, I think it would be Dustin Runnels slash Dustin Rhodes. Because as we talked about, he's so amazing for 50 years old, and he'd be so experienced. Not only would he make you look good, because I don't think he'd be able to do anything otherwise, you. Again, you would just you would learn so much. And that's kind of what I'm desperate to get at the moment. And I am getting it every time I go out there, even from the people behind the scenes. By the way, wrestlers are lovely. Just I won't say any names, I don't want to ruin anyone's gimmicks, but wrestlers are just lovely, lovely people. I'm sure not all of them are, but certainly the majority that I deal with. Um but uh, yeah, like I, I just want to be able to sap up as much information as I can at the moment and try and get better. Maybe it doesn't happen. Maybe I find my limit and I need to work around it. There's no, you know, there's no uh guarantees in life but I certainly want to try and that's the thing I think a lot of people don't get there is still a stigma or an idea out there that I'm just a YouTuber who thought it'd be funny to be a pro wrestler it's anything but I never do anything that I'm not crazy passionate about that's why I love doing this that's why I've got I don't mean to be a cheap plug but that's why I set up the Patreon I set up the Patreon so I love doing this stuff but I need a I need some money to go into it to be able to do it well I'll try and make this work and so far it's going okay and that's a big shout out to you guys as well and people that donate in the Super Chat and the Patreon and who send me nice messages. It all counts. And now, I, you know, that's the same thing I want to do with wrestling now. It doesn't stop anything else. Like, I never want to stop doing the videos. I never want to stop doing whatever else that I do because I love it all. But it's something that I realized. We've talked about this before on the wrestling journey on what culture. But I realized, you know, before that I if I got to old age, whatever that may be in, in the modern day, and wasn't at least able to say that I gave it a go, I would regret it. That's the truth. I knew it deep down. I could feel it in my bones, which is why even going through the training, wrestling training is really hard, but even going through the hard bits, I just knew I couldn't give up. I just knew I couldn't get, I knew I had to have one match. Even if I hated it, I knew I had to have one match. As it turned out, it was one of the best things ever. Like I I wrestled two matches over the weekend, I should say. I wrestled down at Fightstar Pro in Bournemouth on Friday. And then Saturday, I drove up for Manchester for Defiant. And on Sunday, I was like, where's my match? I wanted another one. It's addictive. It gets in you. And again, I've still got a long way to go. I don't, and I never want anyone to think that I film I made it because I'm not. I don't really have much of an ego on me, which is probably could work against me in some senses when it comes to wrestling. But yeah, it it, it means something to me now, and hopefully, I have some really cool stuff to share with you all soon. Hopefully, we're going to take this thing international. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying. I think that's everything. As always, let's just go and check uh, wrestling news websites in case anything has come out as we've been talking that I may not uh, I may not have talked about. We should probably mention uh, it was been... Last week was 20 years since Owen Hart passed away, which is absolutely crazy. I remember driving to school when that announcement came on BBC Radio 1, which is a big radio station over here in the UK. I think it's one of those things that, you know, most wrestling fans... Well, all wrestling fans look back on as, you know, one of the worst tragedies to happen within the confines of a a wrestling show or whatever. And the more you learn about it, the more you're like, why did we do this? Why did we attach someone to a rope and dangle them from the ceiling where we don't need to do that in pro wrestling at all? But, you know, given that it has been 20 years, I think it's always nice to, nice is the wrong word, respectful to mention Owen Hart's name. Two reasons. One, because he was one of the best ever. He really was, you know, ahead of his time, to say the least. But also, you know, if we talk about it, then we don't forget. And if we don't forget, it can't happen again. And hopefully, uh, hopefully it never, it never, ever will. Other than that, though, there's some reports that apparently Joey Ryan has turned down an AEW contract. But who knows how true that is. That's about it. The one thing I will, oh yeah, obviously Rey Mysterio is going to be on Raw next week to relinquish his US championship because he's injured. That sucks. And AJ Styles is injured, too. And that sucks as well. And there was one other thing I just, you know, I always do this. There was something I just saw. Oh, we need to talk about that. It was from Raw. Am I going to be able to remember what it was? No, I am not. Oh, it was the the wild card rule, which is absolutely broken now. There were six people on Raw. Even if you would say that our truth allowed to be on there because he's a twenty four seven champion, I won't remember them now. But Kofi Kingston, Dolph Ziggler, Xavier Woods. Uh, oh, I'm not going to remember Carmella. She doesn't count. She's not the twenty four seven champion. And Roman Reigns. That's five. They mentioned the wild card rule once. Down (laughs) as you'll find out in 18 minutes over on What Culture Wrestling. Um, so let's go answer some questions again. Any questions you've got, throw them in the super chat and we will answer them all. I will answer every single one, even the ones I don't want to answer. I'll read out and go, Nope, don't want to answer that. Uh, Mike Atkinson, Fantasy Booking What happens if Brock wins the title later this year but doesn't cash in to do so? Could he be the first champ to keep money in the bank as an insurance policy? They better not do that, WWE. People still get mad at Brock Lesnar, even after his amazing antics on Raw. Excuse me. Even after his amazing antics on Raw, people are still pissed off at Brock Lesnar. They don't like it. So let's absolutely not do that. Uh, (laughs) Because they won't like it. WWE needs to ensure that it's appeasing its fans right now. Again, I don't want to go on about it too much, but it's true. AEW has that in the bag. Their fans feel appeased. WWE needs to do the same things. Do not fight your fans. Do not... um, uh, yeah, do do not <laughs> do not put Brock Lesnar in those kinds of positions. Thomas Sutton, please explain the rules of a match in AEW. Are all matches no DQ? What's going on with the countout? I'm right confused, and feel because I've been watching WWE so long; these rules are so burned in my brain. I think it's just normal rules. Um, I know what you mean. You're probably referring, although nobody used a weapon in Dustin Cody. You whipped him with his belt. You know, I don't know. I can't remember if I had a stipulation with it. I think it's the same rules. I just the cool thing about AEW is they have they have proper finishes like everyone nobody could believe that Chris Jericho beat Kenny Omega and that's great that's great go debate it oh I can't believe Kenny Omega lost that's how you react to real sports and the fact that it was clean only helps only helps further I don't necessarily know how I feel about the Judas effect which is Chris Jericho's brand new back elbow finisher but he's only done it once he's done it once so we should probably give him again, benefit of the doubt. The only one way to find out if you can get something over and that's to try it. So, you know, we'll get to again, six months down the line, we'll we'll know more. It's a cool thing about AEW, it's brand new. You can do you can, you can do whatever you want. Uh Christian Brown. Do you think length affects match quality? Yesterday I watched both matches from last year between Cody and Nick Aldis and both were good. I thought the first one was better. Yeah, I think it does. I think some matches on a double or nothing were probably too long. I could have shaved a couple of minutes off. Um... So, yeah, I do think it comes down to it. Whereas the Akada omega match has probably benefited from going so long because you didn't know which direction they were going, especially that draw they did. And question two, if I fly to London, will you hold me and tell me everything's going to be okay? The AEW versus WWE bullshit among fans is starting to make me hate being one. Just smile. Just smile and let it happen, my friend. There's nothing to worry about. Uh, it's never going to go away. People are going to do it regardless. The cool thing is, is that it's happening, I think. I think that's what the industry needed, and sometimes things come along at the right time. I would say that this is uh, this is one of those things. Thomas Sutton again, hot take, AEW can't be viewed as proper competition until the weekly TV show starts in the autumn. Thoughts, I think you're 100% correct. It's a lot easier to put on one big show a month for the next few months than it is to run weekly TV. Running weekly TV is really hard, you know, and when Raw added that third hour is when things started to go downhill, so absolutely it can't. Um, we can only judge them on what we've got though, but they do, they need to, they need to be able to run awesome weekly television, but it can be done. NXT does it right. They, they, you rarely see a bad NXT show. MLW, I don't know how often MLW runs, but they don't run bad show. Impact's really good. It is just the problem is nobody watches it, but hopefully that will change as well. But no, there's no, there is no comparison yet with WWE because no one's running it like they run it, but AEW will soon. And we're, we're going to find out. We're going to find out in September, October. No two ways about it uh amir yasser shaban i feel like if vince doesn't relinquish his control over WWE within two years to hunter this might be the end for wwe especially that he doesn't stick with the rules that he makes just like wcw in their last days do you feel the same way no i don't uh, i don't think wwe will ever die i think financially they're too smart and they've got too much money they could probably like not earn money for a, quite some time and still be okay wouldn't be good and it would certainly plunge them into trouble but no, I think WWE probably going to be around forever, unless they do something really stupid. Uh, also, since Cody said wins and losses will matter, what do you think about having AEW, so what about making an AEW league system like football, and each situation is separate from the one before, except for some relegations and world title? I don't want that, I don't, I, I like the idea of it being sports-based. But I don't want it to be a sport. The cool thing about pro wrestling is that it's pro wrestling. I love the Premier League, I love it, but I don't want it to be too regulated and too trapped in that we can't have some fun with it. Because obviously there's only so many things that can happen in a football game and you get drama naturally, but really created drama that someone sits down and writes should be better than when you throw it into the ether and see what happens. So no, I'd rather they didn't do that. Not to say they couldn't in some sense, maybe in... I don't know, but no, I don't want it. It doesn't appeal to me. Uh, Eric Tuller in the super chat, how fast till WWE messes up Bray Wyatt? Well, they haven't so far. That's what I'll say. They haven't so far. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt and hope that, and hope that this is the change. It ne- everything needs to change eventually. Let's hope that's now. I'm confident because why the hell not? Why be anything else? It's more fun this way. Cameron Sykes was the bad raw WWE delivered the worst possible response to AEW putting on a critically acclaimed first show. No. I I clearly I'm gonna in the minority here, so I'll expect loads of hate later. It wasn't the worst Raw ever. It had some awful the first hour sucked. It did, it was terrible. But again, Brock Lesnar was fun. That Ricochet Cesaro match was great. Uh Seth versus Sammy was great. Oh, excuse me. There were elements of stuff that was okay. Um I just think people just because you really enjoy double or nothing doesn't mean you have to really hate WWE and I kind of think sometimes the internet thinks in absolutes so no I, I think the first hour is going to hurt them massively because I'd imagine there are some people that tune in hoping oh let's see what WWE is going to do maybe some people that haven't watched the show in a while and then they get that and they go oh what was I thinking that's their big mistake that's WWE's big mistake but the show overall was mediocre I would say mediocre i gilman in the super chat i love the mox janella interaction being the elite it was awesome you haven't seen it i don't watch every single being the elite but i tried to watch both and yeah it was great again it kind of ties into the show itself you saw john moxley and joey janella and they were smoking with each other it's just so weird even hearing jim ross shout out oh omega uh, moxley going at it and i don't think jr had his best night in the world i thought he was fine but it all it had these moments and it was uh, good enough moments that it put them over the top it just did. Uh, Billy Radbourne, who do you think would do the best in AEW from WWE? Like an in-house talent, not someone who has worked the Indies, so no AJ Styles, etc. Well, who knows, right? I mean, to me, I think Rusev could be a star anywhere, but doesn't necessarily mean that he would do. Does um, Luke Harper count? He was obviously on the Indies before, but I'd love to see him there. Otherwise, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think. I mean, you know, guys like Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns would probably do great anywhere. They just... Um, They just have the WWE stigma on them, so some people will already, uh, you know, naysay them, because that's just how the internet works, but I think most, it all comes down, the cool thing about AEW, as I think has become quite obvious, is that clearly you have more freedom, like the matches all felt different from one another, something that WWE could absolutely learn from. And you'd imagine that Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega probably put most of their match together. I doubt there was an agent saying, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. And that happens in WWE. And also, as Triple H has said before, they have a playbook. And when you come in, they expect you to learn their playbook. And now that's come to bite them in their ass. Because every match feels exactly the same. I didn't really get that impression from Cesaro Ricochet on Raw. So hopefully they are going to change that. And that's why I loved it so much. I really, really, really did love it. I loved it. I I did. And people go mad about that. But hey-ho, what are you going to do? Christian Brown. It's basically agreed that WWE has a hard time creative booking believable faces. They usually come off as being naive or bland. Is this because, broadly speaking, Vince McMahon isn't a good guy and doesn't understand why good people do what they do? Well, no that 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 doesn't work because there have been incredible baby faces in the past. Like Hulk Hogan was a great baby face. The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, John Cena for a time was. I don't. I I don't. I'm not. I don't know. To me, Vince McMahon just feels like i I don't know i can't answer that i can't answer that i don't want to say that vince McMahon is out of touch or that he doesn't know what he's doing because he's proven this wrong before but i would say right now he's not delivering a product that wwe fans want to see because the ratings tell us that if people wanted to watch they would tune in that's all i know that's all i know so i don't i don't think it has anything to do with vince McMahon's morality again because if that was the case I mean, but you could argue that Hulk Hogan was quite bland, but then Stone Cold Steve Austin was the anti-hero, which just so happened to relate to a late 90s culture. That's how people felt. And The Rock was, I mean, The Rock was something else entirely, but The Rock wasn't necessarily a good guy, whereas John Cena was a super good guy, and he still, he did get over for a while. We forget now, but he did. And Roman Reigns' biggest problem was that he wasn't Daniel Bryan, and he was too much like John Cena. Those two things came together to drag him down. But no, I don't think it comes down to Vince McMahon's personality because there's more people feeding into that as well. So, no, I, I I don't think that's the case. I'm gonna double check that nothing else. I can look on somewhere else just to make sure there's nothing else that we need that we need to talk about. As I do do this, I remember in eight minutes' time, head over to What Culture Wrestling as we up those downs live. No, I think that's it. Most of the news right now is just AEW, Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar, AEW. WWE. <laughs> I tell you what, I am excited about uh, John Moxley going to to New Japan. I like, i love him in AEW too, but I don't know how long he's going to be there. Like AEW is his uh, his priority. But I always like seeing the top New Japan guys going against sort of top Western guys. Especially because right now, I think it's fair to say that, you know, the Young Bucks and Cody and Kenny Omega all leaving has hurt New Japan. They, apart from Omega, they didn't really seem to see the worth in those guys. Uh, The Young Bucks came out and apparently the deal they were offered sucked, which I couldn't believe because the Young Bucks... Forget about what the Young Bucks can do in the ring. Like, forget about that entirely. It's their whole package. It's their whole package, which is amazing. You know, from their merchandise to the way they interact with their fans to who they are to how they talk, it's not in 2019. It's not just about your work rate, so to speak. You need to have that as well. And they, you know, they have, they have. There's more to them than that. So I found that surprising. But again, I want everyone to do well. I hope New Japan. I know that New Japan's ticket sales in uh, for the Texas show. I can't remember where it is now. Aren't the G1 aren't doing particularly great? But hopefully they pick up. I want everyone to pick up. I want everyone to do well. I want everyone to be happy. The, the the better wrestling is all around, the better wrestling is for all around fans. You know that that that's just the case. Starcast sounded quite good as well. Starcast three is going to happen when because the other thing they announced during the show is that we're getting all in two called All Out in uh, last day of August in in Chicago again, and we're going uh, to do so. Starcast now seems like it ties in, so it must be profitable and doing well. I don't think they can keep that up at every major event they do because that would be like uh, WWE doing Access all the time, which they do do for SummerSlam, actually. So maybe they'll, maybe they'll do two a year or something like that. And they're probably, I mean, we're in May now, obviously. So, you know, we've got a good few months before that rolls around. But, you know, the, the, the foundations for whatever that group is going to be are coming together. And that all-out event is going to be massive. I imagine Chris Jericho, like I say, will be crowned the new champion. We'll then go into our weekly TV and see what they're going to do. Still don't know if it's going to be on Tuesday or Wednesdays. Or You'd imagine a two-hour I know they've said two-hour show, actually, so so we know that. Um, and there'll probably be some more people that, that that make the jump. I don't know. I think that Gallows' and Anderson's contracts are up in September, so that'll be interesting. Uh, Maria and Mike Kanellis announced that their contracts are up in three weeks' time. They then, then joked they were talking about their gym contracts, but if they are, what a waste of time that was. I don't necessarily think they would go to AEW, but they could go to Impact. And there's probably more WWE dudes that aren't very happy there at the moment either. I mean, if you were Drew McIntyre, would you be happy right now? Being Shane McMahon's bodyguard when at one point you were going to win Money in the Bank? He may be. I don't know. But given that he's done everything they've asked of him and he still can't seem to bust through that glass ceiling, who knows? Like EC3, right? EC3 was looking devastated on that Uso's uh, Memorial Day party thing they were doing. He can't be happy. Again, is he someone that would come out and change the world? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But it seems crazy. They have a guy like him that's just sat there doing nothing. I mean, what did he do? What did he do? We don't know. We'll see. Next pay-per-view we've got coming up, obviously, a Super Showdown, Super Showdown. that happens a week on Friday. So Raw next week will probably be interesting. You'll probably have Triple H and Randy Orton and uh, Goldberg, Undertaker. I'm sure they'll all turn up for it. Um, Brock Lesnar will probably be on it too. The Brock Lesnar character will work if he's on Raw more. I doubt that he will, simply because that's not what his deal is. And WWE has to pay him a lot of money. But it would be good. I think he's on. When he came out with his hood up dancing around, I'm saying he did that shuffle. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Okay, we'll start wrapping up now. Again, any last minute questions, chuck them in the super chat now. Otherwise, at 2 p.m. BST, which is four minutes away, make sure you head over to What Culture Wrestling, where raw ups and downs will be live, and you can see all the things I gave ups to and get mad. But there's load of downs as well. It's very close this week, actually. It's not like an overwhelming positive majority, it's pretty close, but I stand by all of them. As I always do, I stand by my ups and downs. If you are on YouTube right now, make sure you like the video, share the video, subscribe to the channel. Subs are the best. And if you are listening to this audio wise, make sure you head over to YouTube, search for Simon Miller, or go to youtube.com forward sassameter report rules. And why not give me a subscribe? It takes two minutes and I'd appreciate it, as it does to follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at SimonMiller316. Would I get rid of that 316 if I had known everything that was going to happen? Yes, I would, but it's too late now, so it will just change. Otherwise, patreon.com, force Simon316, that's how you support all my personal stuff, literally wouldn't be able to do any of it. Uh, without patreon so shout out to that and of course there's a bunch of tears in there to hopefully give you something back as well i like to treat it like a shop so you feel like you're getting something out of it and simon miller.bigcartel.com has all my wrestling merchandise whoever thought i would have wrestling merchandise and yeah defiant wrestling this saturday in newcastle make sure you come along all the information is on defiant wrestling's website come see me fight martin kirby for the internet championship my first ever title opportunity what's going to happen some people got in touch with me and said Simon if you win it will you wear it ups and downs bro I wear it everywhere I will piss off everyone everybody will go oh man what a mark and I'll do my speech I did earlier uh, Aaron in the super chat says thoughts on the MJF promo via Brett Hart I loved it uh, I didn't necessarily enjoy them mentioning the the hall of fame thing but look Bret Hart clearly said it was fine it's up to him it's up to him what he what will they do with that so yeah I thought MJF was great throughout the night he's got top heel written all over him I love the fact AEW. Uh, are pushing them like, uh, like they are so yeah I loved and seeing Bret Hart was cool too the rumour was that it was actually meant to be Ric Flair announcing the belt but he couldn't because of his illness but I think Bret Hart's a pretty worthy replacement right I loved seeing him come out um, I loved that whole segment really what Hangman Page was there Jimmy Havoc and Jungle Boy it was really smart as well because it establishes that Jungle Boy and, and MJF and uh, Jimmy Havoc aren't just people they put in the battle royal you know, they are people they consider bigger stars. So I thought that was cool. Again, please do subscribe to my YouTube channel if you're here. Uh, we're on all, uh, you know, audio stuff too iTunes and Google Podcasts and everything. So go and subscribe, leave a rating and all of that. Also, I have another podcast called Why with Simon Miller uh, that will go live tomorrow this week. So please do go check out that as well. Give that a subscribe and make sure you join that back here on YouTube. Otherwise, just go to all the YouTube stuff. Hello to What Culture Resting right now to watch Ups and Downs Live. I will be in the chat too. And thank you for joining me, mainly. I always appreciate it. At one point, more people were watching this episode of the podcast than they ever have done before, and that means the world to me. Every time those numbers go up, I feel like a happy man. Have great Tuesdays. Have great weeks. Remember, you can enjoy WWE. You can enjoy uh, AEW. You can enjoy no wrestling. Do what works for you. My name is Simon Miller, and I'll talk to you damn soon.